Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991. From the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between, we will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of directed video Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched V.I. Warshawski. This is Nikki. And this is John, and thank you for joining us on 1991 Movie Rewind. V.I. Warshawski is a private investigator who finds herself in the middle of a murder case when her new love interest winds up dead shortly after they meet. V.I., played by Kathleen Turner, was watching his daughter at the time of the incident, but when other members of the daughter's family become suspects, she decides she needs to try to solve the case with her new teenage sidekick tagging along. Screenplay by Edward Taylor, David Aaron Cohen, and Nick Thiel, Directed by Jeff Canoe, and released on July 26, 1991. I'm going to ask it. Have you seen V.I. Warshawski before? Yes, I have. You have seen him before yeah. this? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that answer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you really have seen virtually everything. I told you when we were going through this list, I was like, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the, especially the ones that were in the top 100, I've pretty much seen them almost all of them yeah and this is going to be the last movie in the top 100 that we cover for a little while uh, we're moving on to 101 through 150 in our next batch of five um i knew of this movie just from its video box cover from working at the video store okay so i saw it in the comedy section of hollywood video and it's like oh that seems sort of intriguing but never intriguing enough to actually pick up and rent and you know try it out for myself so you kicking yourself that you've never seen it until now? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'm like, just kidding. You know, I was like optimistic about this movie. Yeah. I thought, you know, I mean, you got Kathleen Turner like in her prime, basically. You got like an action comedy mix, two things that she should be able to do very well because of her past. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it has all the makings of something that could be good. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't. Nope. <laughs> Episode over. Yeah, um, I mean the best, my favorite part of this entire movie was that it was filmed in Chicago, and I was like, oh, this place, and oh, they're they're there. Yeah. They, oh, and then I'm like, they're... Navy Pier is supposed to be there, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, the ending was at Navy Pier before it was a tourist attraction. Yeah. We looked it up, and evidently not until about 1995 did it become. Like you a know, very where the they... start of what it is now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is our first Chicago movie, right? We've had tons of New York ones. Or L- yeah, New York or L A. Yeah. So that was interesting to see how they use the city. It's. I'd say it's probably mostly just for set dressings. They didn't really try to like, I don't know, hit you over the head with it. They didn't really try to make the landmarks much of a character aside from using a pier at the end but that could have been any I mean, generic she lives dock. by wrigley field yeah exactly but that wasn't like a plot point i know at any point. but i'm i mean it could have been because people came over to her apartment just to look down at 
the Cubs games. Right, yeah. So she lives, like, literally across the street from Like on Ridley Sheffield, Field. if people are aware. Yeah, in a building that may or may not exist or may exclusively be, like, one of those rooftop, um, yeah. you know, tourist uh, bleacher seat type of places. Um, and so, yeah, it's mentioned a bunch, and she goes, you know, jogging along uh, the lake and they mentioned local businesses here and there. They, she had a Lou Malnati's pizza box yeah. with pizza inside that did not look like Lou Malnati's um, <laughs> for all you Chicago snobs out there. Um, so, I mean, it was there, it was present, but it wasn't really like, it didn't factor into the plot in any way. But it was still cool. It, was st- it still made it interesting to watch from our perspective just yeah. to get that local connection. But... Yeah, this movie was really trying to do three different things, and maybe we just go through them a little bit. So, yeah. one, it's trying to be an action movie. Two, it's trying to be something of a mystery, because she does play a private investigator trying to solve the murder of this guy who she had recently met at the bar. Mm-hmm. And three, it's supposed to be a comedy, which yeah. you did not know. Yeah, I was like, well, because you asked me, are you laughing yet? And I yeah, was like, like am do, I supposed to? When did the joke to? start? <laughs> and, and I knew that because, again, working from Hollywood Video, it was in the comedy section. Oh. I mean, it just, it doesn't say that this is a comedy. If you go on, like, IMDb, it'll say, like, action comedy okay. as well. Um, and they're definitely trying for it. It's just the like, jokes are like the daughter, fair. maybe. Well, no, everybody. I mean, they're they're all like smart asses to each other, right? And but, maybe like, the that's jokes don't like land. them kind of giving each other a hard time. Are the jokes? Yeah, mostly. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of um, like messing around with each other and like pranking and. It's it's a lot of the quick whip type of stuff you would see in detective movies from the 1940s, but not modernized uh-huh. at all. Um, like, you know, anytime, you know, someone asks her, what does the V stand for? And she's answering something other than what her name yeah, is. It's always, that's supposed to be a joke. Right. And all, it's always men. They're like, what does the V stand Like, they think it's vagina or something? Well, I don't know. I mean, you got P-I and V-I. <laughs> well, because then they call her the female men dick. Men have the P and then she yeah. has the V. And they're like, oh, so you're a female dick. Right. And then she and rolls her eyes. And that's supposed to be a joke, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, like in the beginning when Steven Root has his, like, two minutes in the movie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for some reason he's, he's there, and I don't understand the point of that scene at all. I thought it would come back to be It was just to be like, oh, what's point. your name? And then, oh, V-I? Yeah, I guess it was supposed to be, like, a misogyny joke at the beginning or something. But yeah, she says her name is V-I, and he asks, what does the V stand for? And she says, my first name. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ha, I get it. And like, that's that's the joke. That's the entire exchange. But that's supposed but to be a comedy bit. That's supposed to be a I joke. I had to look up her name because she doesn't really say it. Other people she call... She says Vic. Well, yeah. Other yeah, people Victoria. call her Vic. But she says Victorious. Yeah, she always she comes up. Vic. Vic, Vic um, the first time she's like... Victoria, it's... I think, does come up at some point. But yeah, but I looked it up. I tried to write down said... all the different answer she gave <laughs> well because she was like victorious or victory yeah. or whatever yep vrivet eye i don't know she could have said that um but do you know what the i stands for 
I saw it on IMDb's trivia, but I don't remember it anymore. They did not say it's, that in the movie. Yeah, I know. It's Iphigenia. Okay. Victoria Iphigenia. And maybe that comes up in the books a lot more. Because yeah. this is based off of a series of books. And the plan was to make this into a series of movies. And honestly, I think that's partly why this one does not work. So, um, one of the writers in this... The, okay, a couple of the writers on this movie really didn't go on to do a whole lot. The third one, Nick Thiel has a lot of experience and continues to have a lot of experience in TV movies in the action and crime type of area. All right, so he's he's worked on like Magnum PI, Fall Guy, more recently stuff like Elementary and Shades of Blue. Um so I got the impression that they were trying to sort of like take that same sort of like Magnum PI style of thing and try to cram a bunch of characterization into one movie as if it were a TV series, mm-hmm. right? They're trying, because they focused a whole lot on character development and very, very little on the actual mystery part in mm-hmm. this. Very little on the action part too. It's just kind of sprinkled in, but they're really trying to make you understand who these characters were. But it was unfortunately at the expense of everything else because they're trying to, you know, cram all this character development that would normally play out through the course of the entire season on TV into this 90 minute movie. That's my theory. Yeah, so the comedy, I don't think, really works all that well. Probably the best moments are between a VI and the daughter, Cat. Yeah. Um, because she's, like, you know, this foul-mouthed person. She's basically VI as, like, a younger yeah. person, um, which helps them identify. So I like their dynamic, but just the things that they were saying... I mean, maybe they would have been a little bit more outrageous because, you know, Kat's, like, dropping F-bombs and be like, hey, are you fucking my dad? Yeah. And stuff. Um, and, and getting all crazy. And so maybe back then it would have had a little bit more impact. I don't know. I, he, I think maybe, Pretty yeah, South at that Park time. South Park days. Yeah. You know? Hearing, like, a 12 or 13-year-old girl say, hey, are you fucking my... Like, the first sentence. This is the first sentence, yeah, she has. She walks into <laughs> V.I.'s apartment with her dad, and she's like, are you fucking my dad? And she's, like, in the bath. Yeah. That, yeah. That whole v- scene's a little v. weird. V.I. is taking a bath. This girl walks in, is starts snooping around, and V.I.'s like, what the hell? Yeah. And, and then, then she's the... like, are you fucking my dad? And then the dad comes in, and her ex-boyfriend, Murray, is also there. And they're all just hanging out in the bathroom while she's trying to take a bath. It's like... Yeah. No one... Is no one going to address this? And, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems so weird. I mean, obviously, V.I. eventually does. Vic eventually does. Yeah, she was still, like, can everyone leave? Not until the whole scene had played out. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, she has the best dynamics. And also, I think what Kat had with... Uh, that dock worker Eddie, uh, there's like that one scene when, or not Eddie, Ernie, um, when they go to see that one dude. Uh, we haven't really talked about the whole plot and the mystery side of things too much, but basically, Cat owns a part of her dad's business, and so she goes to meet this worker, and like they're ribbing each other. Yeah. And then, you know, like he's. But I even things. like how. Like that interplay between those two is probably my I favorite. Like, part. I like. I also like how they even uh, tease VI's ex boyfriend, I suppose, who's also. A, he's a police detective, like in the Chicago police. No, he's a reporter. 
Oh, okay. I thought he was a <laughs> But then... <laughs> yeah, he, no, he's a reporter. He, he's always showing some up. major newspaper. They don't okay. say which one. Okay, he's always showing up. Because he's following the story. V.I. meets a guy at a bar. Who happens to be a former Chicago Blackhawks player in yes. the movie, not in it, real life. Not in real life. A guy named Bernard Boom Boom Greyfalk. Yes. Which they they refer to as boom, boom. immediately hit it off and they're, you know, making out by her car. And then she's like, I got to go home. That's where she goes and takes the bath. Mm-hmm. And then an hour later, mm-hmm. he walks in with his daughter and he's like, hey, can you take care of my daughter? Because I've got business to do. Right. They, they've known each other, what, like four hours tops? Yeah, yeah basically. This is maybe, I, maybe it was a second date, but I don't think so. I think it was that same night. Uh, Like, she came home, took a bath, and then an hour later, he's like, hey, I got stuff to do all of a sudden? Seems like it, yeah. So it's gonna be, what, like, midnight at this point? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, Murray's already in the apartment, because they used to live together, and he was there to watch the Cubs game. Yeah, he's staring out... see the field from her Yeah, he's staring out her window, looking through binoculars, watching the game from her, like, living room or whatever. And she's like, I almost brought a guy home tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And then he visits her <laughs> and drops off the daughter. Right. Yeah. Like, he went home after this date. Yep. And he, he was like, oh, her oh shit, I got something to do. Like, But couldn't the 13th... if I'm not 13... back by midnight, then... Yeah. Okay, so he probably came by... He, but what... he probably half expected to die. Is my assumption. Okay. And that's like, but they why don't really. Why he brought the daughter over? Yes. Okay. But yeah, why but they her? Don't really, they don't really fully explain that. Because I don't know, because she's a private investigator and she thought, or he thought that she could be trusted. Like if he died, she would find out who killed him. Maybe. But that's... they don't ever give that impression no. in the context of the movie. I'm, I'm building that world myself. Because yeah, in my mind, I'm me. like, okay, these people just met. They made out. She's like, I gotta go home and take a bath. <laughs> yeah. He goes home. An hour later, he knows where she lives. Well, she gave him a card. Okay, okay. Which evidently had her home address, which is kind of dumb for a private investigator yeah, to have her home address she, on the but, card. And she has her own office like her own private eye office downtown i guess so. why not give that information i don't know or just a phone number like i am private investigator vi warshawski phone number yeah. don't give me your personal address plot convenience i know yeah drops off the daughter yeah but i mean she's 13 she's like 13. can't she take care of herself Technically, yes, and she tries to, but because the family is dangerous, right? And, and that's he thinks basically that why. okay, he probably suspects that he's yeah. He knows this business between his okay, so it's his it's brother and his two brothers yeah are trying to do some sort of a sale of the Gray Folk business, and one of them is blocking it. One of them wants it to go through, and Boom Boom has the deciding vote. Yeah. And if he dies, then the daughter gets the deciding vote because somehow that's how life works. Um, it's not, <laughs> but they 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 pretend that that's how it goes. Right. I mean, um, the next of kin would be her. Maybe it's in the contracts. Actually, who knows? But in generally, so 
um, whoever has control of the daughter has control of the vote, and and so there's thought that whatever, who knows? It it's not really explained fully well, and the whole business dealing intrigue side of things is not. It's basically fluff. It's mm-hmm. it's almost not important. Um, but he goes down to the shipping business that they're trying to possibly sell. Talks to one of his brothers, and then shortly after gets killed when a tugboat nearby explodes, propelling him into the water. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's dead. And the So boom, boom, went boom. Yes. And they did not even make that simple joke. I thought they did. (laughs) Did they make that? Yeah, maybe Murray did. That's I think Murray did. That could be. Well, maybe they made that simple joke. I should be a writer for the next movie. I I mean, looking at some of these movies 30 years ago, I feel like we could have written a movie and it would have been... Just wait till we get the direct-to-video stuff. Then you'll really oh, start to think, you know, like... I know, but just the, the past the... couple of movies, I'm like, how? And then how is this, like, box office top 100? Because there's the money and the star power behind it. Like, because Kathleen Turner is, you know, she's been in other movies, like Romancing the Stone and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I want to see that. Yeah, I mean, on paper, she's like the perfect person to be in the lead of this. Yeah. You know, like, okay, she's, what, Jewel of the Nile, right? Yeah. uh, Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone, which she won a Golden Globe for, right? Um, Heat uh who framed roger rabbit i know she wasn't like you know yeah, physically present voice. in that but you know um but she has that mix of like you know like the sex appeal like and sexy the action and slash, comedy chops yeah. to do all the stuff that this movie is wanting to do so on paper it sounds good it just kathleen turner didn't do anything with this role it was uh the supporting characters were a lot better. Just, yeah. I liked, like, yeah, I like Cat was great. I liked the daughter. Yeah, the, and I liked her ex-boyfriend. Yes, Murray. So, uh, yeah, Cat played by Angela Gothels. I'm pro- I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, she had like bit parts in Home Alone and Jerry Maguire, um, and she'll be in one more 1991 movie, Triple Bogey on a Par Five Hole. So, look out for that one. And then you got J.O. Sanders played Murray. Is Murray, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be in three more 1991 movies, so we can maybe get into him a little bit more um, when we get to those. But um, he's, yeah, he's, he was great in it. He mostly, like, oh, these days he basically is like a character actor dad type. Yeah. But, um, yeah, both of them were really good. I think Murray did a great job of like even though the jokes weren't there he at least played things off like they were a joke he had like the smirks he knew that like right you know vic wasn't serious when she said some of the things and i think that dynamic between them really lent to um the palatability of the movie yeah my favorite part is when vi and cat go to his place i suppose mm-hmm. and he opens the door and there's like a woman like who is that honey and then right. they start messing with him and yeah. there's like a woman who's in her negligee on his bed 
and Kat goes, are you fucking my dad? Like yeah. that, I think that was probably the funniest, best part of the whole movie. It, yeah, it could be. Just messing with him. It could be. Because he wasn't even like mad about it. He's like, all right, whatever, you got me. And then the woman just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't like, mad. You deserve each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think that was also one of the scenes that obviously meant it was a comedy, right? Like, you know. Right. Um, instead of simple things like so many different characters mispronouncing her last name, which is supposed to be a running gag. And it's not even that hard to say or spell. True. But I think that's why it's supposed to be a joke, but it's not, we don't have the history of Warshawski. Like it's not like a well-known thing. So like the fact that people are saying. In Chicago, there are a lot of Polish people here, like a lot of Polish immigrants that came over here. There's a lot of Polish last names. Yep. Warshawski is pretty easy. Yes. Compared to others. And then you have all these other, you know, policemen from the city of Chicago saying, huh, what? That's yeah. kind of like, I don't know. Well, even like, okay, the, the, the main mob guy played by Wayne Knight, um, uh, Smycin, he mispronounces her name all the time. And he says that they yeah, were in homeroom together. Yeah, right. I think he's doing it because he's messing with her, you know, because she's a female detective and, you know, no one has any... Yeah, it's like a way to take her down a peg, you yeah, think? Yeah, they don't have any... They just think that she's a joke and they don't have any respect for her because she's like a woman. She probably can't, you know, figure things out. I don't know. Uh, and maybe, that's all these like. Do... Basically kidnap her and assault her a couple different times, right? I mean, they're slapping and punching her in the face and stuff. So, I mean, they have enough respect to do that, (laughs) if if that's considered respect. Um, But, you know what I mean? Like, they see her as enough of a threat to do that kind of thing to her. Yeah, Um, to kick her ass. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the mob stuff had to even exist. Yeah, they always kind of... Yeah, like anytime there's bring some crime, in. they have to bring in some organized crime. They're always crime. part of a mob thing. Yeah, so but it's, I'm it's wondering... Wayne Knight and a few goons who are in one centralized location, and everyone knows where they are, so they're not like hidden behind the scenes. They're like, and they seem very um, low rent in terms of their operation. Like he has like VCRs piled up behind him in the background and stuff, and it's not a very good operation. But like. You could easily draw out the family stuff without involving the mob because they didn't really progress anything in the story. There's a part where, like, Wayne admitted, no, it was this brother Trumbull that did this thing. Mm -hmm. That was the only purpose for, like, the two or three scenes that the mob had was to throw it back at the family. But they're like, we did not blow up that tugboat. We just tried to chase you down on the river in the speedboats. But like, and yeah, we tried to kidnap the girl, but I don't know. They were purposeless. Oh, yeah. I was trying to find out like, you know, this is based off of a book. Yeah. Written by an author, Sarah Petresky. Peretsky, yeah. Oh, Peretsky. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many. I didn't. She didn't has a lot, and she's still writing because her last book came out last year. And uh, of this series, or just in general? 
of this V.I. Warshawski series. Okay. And this movie is based off of the second book called Deadlock. And it is about a person named Boom Boom that dies in this boat accident, you know, mm-hmm. in Chicago. He is an ex-Blackhawks Black player, but in the book, Boom Boom is her cousin. So there okay. is no love interest. There's no cat. Okay. And so if all the family stuff still remains in the book, which would be interesting, then that means it's also technically V.I.'s family that she's going against as well. Yeah, so that sounds more interesting to me. Like, she's going up against her own family. Yeah, and it also makes sense as to why she would be accepting of Kat so early in the movie, too, right? You know, it's like, right. oh, can you take, you know, I'm your My cousin. My niece, can you, yeah. yeah can you please... but, yeah, if it was, I don't know why they had to turn it into this romantic I think thing. it's just to establish her as a sex symbol even more. Right, like they well, had the, yeah, in the beginning the she had scene these... where she's being catcalled, right? And then you know she wears Stephen these Roots very nice, her up and down. yeah, these very nice shoes. Yeah, I think it's really just to establish. She her comes as... into this bar and everyone's looking at her. Yeah, is like the woman who does it all and has it all. That's probably the only reason, but yeah, it. it... But yeah, I mean, you don't need the mob stuff. At least not the way it's presented here. I would have liked to see a lot more detective work. Like, oh, there was more detective work in the movie Ghost than what <laughs> yeah. we saw here. Yeah, I mean, her detective work was like kind of just through the daughter in a right. way, which was cool. I, I like that they were able to team up and like you know yeah. use her abilities as like an unassuming teenager who can kind of like shift gears and be the nicey nice mm-hmm. one minute and be like a smart ass. Uh, truck driver type the next you know mm-hmm. but I mean they only limited that to like a couple scenes like where she's trying to deposit $10 in her mom's bank account to get the account number like if I were the bank teller in that situation I would just say yeah put that $10 in a card you know like why are you trying to deposit yeah, it secretly I, I into your mom's she was, bank account I thought she was depositing $1 because she had that just single de- cause in the movie yeah, it was a single bill but it was a $10 I bill. know yeah. but in the movie when VI makes a deal oh, she's yeah. like give me a dollar yeah and why so I, so I can you know so it's an official contract so it's an official like that's mm. her her actual contract is if once you give me one dollar then i'm on the case for you right so i thought that that little i thought cat was using that dollar Mm. and i was like why is she depositing a dollar and until she said ten dollars yeah because i thought she was using that dollar but either way the whole concept of i thought yeah it was weird like yeah she doesn't have id she doesn't have the account number or anything she just really wants to get this into her mom's account because it's her birthday and it's a surprise. Why not like do yeah, like a one hundred dollar bill? Like, like I can't. Why ten bucks? Yeah, that would have helped. I would have told her, yeah, I can't do this. It's against policy. Go get a card and put the ten dollars in the card, just like mm-hmm. any other kid would. Yeah. So, she's used for that kind of stuff. She's used like. To cause you know, a scene. Cause distractions certain... so that VI can do other stuff behind right. the scenes and make a little progress. But that was about it. 
Otherwise, she was just there to be a target. Right. They do this whole boat chasing scene up and down the Chicago River. Which, which is, I mean, it's a nice I wish, chase scene. I wish I saw that being filmed. Yeah. You were <laughs> that probably been a in cool class thing. or something. Yeah, I mean, I was like 10 years old yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you got, uh, I wrote down the names of the boats. So they took speed boats from the dock or, or, you know, from the side of the river. It was Eat My Rust versus Naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y, mm-hmm. or Nice. Eat My Rust versus Naughty or Nice. Uh, place your bets. Uh, but honestly, probably the funniest line in the whole movie came at the end of that scene. Oh, yeah. And like, I think it was from a random civilian, like yeah, not even an actor. <laughs> yeah, probably some like random actor. So like at some point, uh, VI is able to get away from them. Um, and then like, uh, cat is left in the boat saying you shot her, you killed her. And you know, she's like playing a decoy in the water. Um, but secretly VI is on some sort of truck with like a massive hose. I don't no, know if it's a it's Coast like, Guard. Yeah. It's kind Not of truck. like yeah, boat. a boat. It's kind of like a Coast Guard or fire. Yeah. It's either a fire brigade or a Coast Guard yeah, type, fire of thing brigade a type of thing with a huge hose on, on and a boat. she hoses the bad guys down. And then, uh, yeah, this extra on the scene says, she can handle my hose anytime. And he, like, pumps his fist a little bit. Everyone just <laughs> And congratulations. He congratulated himself because <laughs> yeah. no one cared. You know, everyone no else one... is around like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I did it. I said the words. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, the funniest line because it was so cheesy. And you could tell as, like, some dude on set is like, hey, you should say this at the end of it. No, maybe he thought that was, like, his... Uh ad-lib like it was some improv type of i'm sure i'm sure he was adding fed. it in i'm sure uh, he was fed that line by some random crew like, member okay, or director come or something. up with this line yeah wait wait until you hear it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but yeah he that was probably the best line in the movie just because it was so out of left field and so poorly delivered it was like the right. awkward reaction afterwards it's kind of like, I don't know, you imagine like Will Ferrell saying it and doing like the yeah, face. Yeah, like at uh, like Wedding Planner. Right, like that guy. <laughs> yeah, a Wedding Crashers. I, mean, yeah. Yeah. I wish they would have done more with the kid as a sidekick. Yeah. And maybe they would have if they got it into other movies, I don't know. But like, they spend a lot of time on the mob self, which has no effect. And then in terms of the kid, they spend a lot of time on the egg, which she's borrowing for a school project. And then mm-hmm. Cat you know uh loses the first one or something and then vi has to replace the egg like that went nowhere i thought that that would maybe have some sort of a payoff i think that was just to it's just to build relationship yeah but they didn't need that i think just the wise ass cracking between the two would have been was enough. there a relationship yeah but i think that in the beginning okay after cat sees that her dad's dead body which is mm-hmm. traumatizing mm-hmm. she runs off into like some other shack on right. the pier or whatever yeah i guess it does help her so she kind of just found. said here i found you i made you another egg well also she dropped the egg when she saw the body and ran right. off and that's how vi was able to get the direction of where she went so but i guess she's it like did help here in that way. So that was like her first way of right. saying you can trust me. I'm on me. your side. Yeah. Very true. All right. Maybe it wasn't fully purposeless. I just assumed it would actually but play then they, to yeah, the Yeah, I don't know. They didn't bring up the egg until any time after that. So I don't yeah. know. Well, maybe her cat's project was done by then, 
taking care of the egg. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, it's tough to say how long this movie uh, timeline is. It's not mm. a very long. It seemed like a week. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think at one point, VI tells the police chief, you know, give me like 72 hours or give me 24 more hours or something like that. Police chief played by Charles Durning, by the way. Uh, he's been in so much stuff. It's not, I don't know. I, oh, I don't yeah. Know where to start. He's in Tootsie. I don't know. Yeah, if you Tootsie. think of the dad that falls in love with Tootsie. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. He's, um, that, he's that guy. He has a Golden Globe win for a TV series, Kennedy's of Massachusetts. He has... Emmy nominations for Rescue Me and Evening Shade. He won a Tony for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He was the main bad guy in the Muppet movie. He was in Tootsie, Hudsucker Proxy. He's played Santa five different times. Uh, he was an Oscar-nominated actor twice in a row, once for To Be or Not To Be, and then uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Um, he's another one who's underutilized because mm-hmm. basically he's just there to be misogyny guy blocking vi from doing stuff but also i mean he's the legitimate cop who has authority to arrest people and she's just the detective who is unofficially working the case because she's not affiliated with the police department they just have some sort of history together they know each other and they spend social time together but they don't get into that too much mm-hmm. so he exists good actor obviously just not given much of a role which is fine i mean the movie was long enough at like 90 minutes and it crammed enough yeah character uh development we didn't need that that could have been for season two or the you know movie two and yeah i mean they they definitely were planning to make more movies i think probably part of the problem is that they're up against things like columbo and perry mason which could do a lot of what they were already, you know, what they wanted to do here. Or yeah. even like James Bond, you know, that that's probably a, I don't know what would be the better description, honestly. But it was trying to make like a serial movie in the form of like Miami Vice. Um, sort of like, a, yeah, like an in-between, between like James Bond, which is, you know, like the high budget, high yeah. level action. And then like but, Columbo, which is very low key and yeah. very much like she didn't very detective she and use, little like, action gadgets or anything. It's just right her solving like a crime. It, it'll probably just be like each week is a different like a Law and Order. I don't know. It's yeah, like a different, right. but not really Law and Order. But you know, each week is just a crime. She figures it out within that one hour, and then mm-hmm. okay, on to the next thing yeah. to solve. Yeah, I think this would have worked better as a TV series. And I think it was a TV series, but in the UK. Oh, really? I didn't see that part. It was like a series on uh, the BBC. Mm. And VI was played by Sharon Glass in in that part. Hmm. Well, there you go. But I don't know how, like, many how well episodes or, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, this one just didn't quite do it. They also tried to go for, like, a big twist at the end. And that just sort of failed, right? So, like, you have Cat's mom, Paige, who, like, shoots yeah. him. 
shoots yeah. her own husband. Her, this, yeah, that's the other kind of weird thing is that this mom, the mother of Cat, yeah, went on to marry Boom. Went Boom's on brother. to marry Boom Boom's brother, and then the brother wants to like kill his niece slash stepdaughter <laughs> mm-hmm. just for this monetary game right yeah they go into the big reasonings behind it it's like you know it goes beyond this whole sale of the shipping company it has to do with like some stuff and like doing development work for the piece of land that cat owns and blah 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 yeah, i don't know it's like business and money make people murder that's that's right. the gist of it and cat hates her mom yes and that's why boom boom didn't have didn't trust yeah didn't trust the like his daughter to be watched by the mother and instead asked kathleen to or vi warshawski mm-hmm. to watch her or sort of take care of her. And it turns out that's a good reason because the mom tries to kill Cat after right. she shoots her husband dead. Yeah. Um, and I just feel bad for Cat. There's like Kat. this big chain of command that they all know already. It's like, well, if this person dies, then I get all the right. assets and the votes and the money. And if this person dies, then I get all the stuff. So they already have like that line of secession in their head. Um, succession. Uh, and, you know, they're willing to kill for it. Right. So then I just feel bad for Cat out of this entire movie. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's like she's, she has the capability of taking care of herself under normal circumstances. But when you're surrounded by murderous family members, then that's a little bit too much for anyone to handle. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know. I think that's. I mean, so does Vi just adopt Cat? So do they just live together and solve crimes together? Yeah, I don't know. That's. I wanted to know they how they probably they would didn't really do that in the sequel. I mean, yeah, maybe what happened gonna, at the end? I mean, yeah, maybe they're gonna address that in the sequel. I don't know. I mean, at one point she does. I don't... Vi takes her to this. Like she has a friend who's like a nurse. Yeah, like a doctor nurse, yep. Yeah, and she has Kat stay there at this hospital, like a children's hospital, because she's kind of taking care of the younger kids yeah. while she's there. Yeah, but I think there was a reason beyond just safety, wasn't there? I don't there? know if it was I, like, I a, she got like an orphanage type of deal, or... It might have just been a children's hospital type of a deal, Or like too. a daycare. No, I don't think it was a daycare. I think it was some well, sort of medical she's like facility. in a room playing hockey with a bunch of kids. Yeah, but that would exist in a children's hospital. Okay. For inpatients. Uh, anyway. So yeah, she was sort of living in that hospital for a couple days. Yeah. So if there's any one positive I'd probably draw from this is that there weren't a whole lot of like plot holes in this. Mm-hmm. It's just that the plot that was there wasn't all that interesting i would have liked more detective work a little more action too because they established that right does like the main martial arts action was yeah because yes and she barely gets to use it 
Yeah, she said that she has practiced martial arts and she does some moves. Yeah, she kicks a little bit of ass here and there. And um, then they do that boat chase, and that was it. The boat yeah. chase was the main... Well, there was also the house arson, but that was just... That wasn't really action, it was just like, leave the place. <laughs> but it had the potential to be more than it was. So, yeah, they spent, like I said, they spent way too much time developing the characters and trying to establish relationships for future movies that never happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I, they probably were hoping to do a sequel and it didn't, didn't quite make it. I mean, yeah. it made, I don't know what the initial budget was, but it still made $11 million. The which... budget was $24 million, so oh, they did well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So this was pretty much a flop um, even though it was on the top 100 yep number 90 what can you do besides make a better movie um i don't <laughs> know maybe having like three guys on your writing staff and having a guy direct it maybe didn't help probably have a, a lot. yeah i don't know why they didn't um consult with the actual author of these novels maybe they did She's, but she like, was not woman. credited as a writer okay so yeah, I mean, like, in one of the guys on here, Edward Taylor, his only other credit besides this movie is a Polish TV show from 1997. So maybe they brought him in for some of the Polish stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like the oh, pronunciation you're... of Warshawski. I mean, and it's not the, it's pretty phonetic. It's not that hard. I know. Yeah. Um, David Aaron Cohen did The Devil's Own, and he also did the the movie version of Friday Night Lights, not the TV show. Uh. And we already talked about Nick Thiel. He'll also appear in the 1991 movie white fang as the writer of that um besides all that tv stuff he's also done the associate from Whoopi goldberg remember that Whoopi goldberg movie the associate and then jeff canoe if i'm pronouncing that right k-a-n-e-w uh he was the editor for ordinary people and then he went on to direct things like uh the movie gotcha all right uh troop beverly hills okay and probably his biggest success by far is revenge of the nerds oh okay the first one all right so uh yeah that movie does not hold up revenge of the nerds yeah (laughs) i have not seen it since i was a kid but the dvd has a uh failed pilot for revenge of the nerds tv show which i have watched and is fascinating oh yeah (laughs) so if you happen to come across the dvd at least uh watch that other cast that we haven't really mentioned too much before we already talked about wayne knight obviously from jurassic park seinfeld space jam uh, we'll see him in 1991 movies jfk if you forgot that he was in that he is in that uh, and then also a movie called dead again um so i mean he's mostly known for being newman yeah in he's, seinfeld he's, yeah and getting killed in jurassic park yes um the brothers i mean we barely talked about the brothers at all they're just i did not care for either of the brothers no and they're barely in it too like one is just like this one of them dopey oaf looking dude or like who obviously has like sprayed on red hair dye or something his hair looked unnaturally red it looked like um what was that liquid television dog oh, boy. dog boy yeah he looked like a character from dog boy <laughs> that, that, that was like plastic yeah, hair yeah okay. that's what it All kind right. of looked like i don't know uh that was the guy uh trumbull was played by charles mccoffin c-a-u-g-h-a-n i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right either he's gonna be in the 1991 movie legal tender um he was in quicksilver waxwork and a sex comedy 
Hot Resort with Bronson Pinchot. All right. So, uh, and then I think we talked about Paige briefly, played by Nancy Paul. She was the mom. This was her last movie role. Uh, she did do a TV series called Space Pracing to 1995, which I think was on the Sci-Fi Network in the early days of that. Um, so, yep, that's about all I got, really. No awards? We do have one award nomination. Oh, okay. uh, the Young Artist Award for Best Young Actress, starring oh. in a motion picture, Angela Gothels. Well, that's good. But she lost uh-huh. to Thora Birch in paradise oh okay so but at least she got nominated because she was really good yeah. in this movie. so for the most part the acting was was good for half of the people unfortunately yeah, the, kathleen the turner main, wasn't yeah. that yeah the main character i don't know the main characters i don't know from what i was reading though like it seemed like this was around the time so kathleen turner's career kind of got sidelined or derailed a little bit because she came down with or was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and that really limited her ability to to do. move around yeah and, yeah and so i think this was around that time when that started to really hit her and so maybe that could have been part of that yeah so on to true crime and pop culture i think okay i don't have a lot but i have one big story that blew my brains out okay (laughs) (laughs) well it didn't blow my brains out because i knew about this i just didn't know this happened in 1991 i thought this happened in like 94 or 93 95 Mm. whatever and this is gonna be true crime and pop culture okay so on the day that this movie was released july 26 1991 Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, (laughs) was arrested in Sarasota, Florida for masturbating in an adult theater. Mm. I didn't know this was 1991. So when I saw this, (laughs) I was like, what? So I had to do, and like I looked up two or three articles about this. And... We'll put this on the website. The two main articles I was reading were the New York Daily News and then the New York Times. And then I also listened, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to every week called Hollywood Crime Scene. They do an episode about Paul Rubens. They do his entire career and they include this. Sure. He was in Sarasota, Florida, and then he's from there, so he was visiting family. Okay. So he decided to go see some movies. Sure. Uh, as one does. As right. song regarding Henry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the star of Pee-wee's Playhouse, whose real name is Paul Rubens, was arrested Friday night, July 26, 1991, after undercover detectives raided the South Trail Cinema in sarasota florida rubens was observed Mm -hmm. exposing himself and a detective arrested him in the lobby the theater was showing the movies nurse nancy this is why i was asking you about this on our list yeah Yeah. it's not it's a dirty it's an adult movie we don't have adult movies on the list nurse nancy turn up the heat and tiger shark those were the three movies 
Rubens, who was 38 at the time, was charged with exposure of a sexual organ, quote. <laughs> that's <laughs> of one of many sexual organs. Right. He was released from county jail that night after posting a $219 bond, which okay. that's a random amount. Three other men were arrest- arrested on similar charges, and if Paul Rubens was convicted of this misdemeanor, he would face up to 60 days in jail and a $500 fine. Rubens' lawyer, Dan Danheiser, <laughs> this made me laugh too, <laughs> said his client would not comment after being arrested. But he said the charges would wreck Ruben's career. He also added that the the detectives didn't know that, you know, he was who he was. Sure. They were just arresting. They weren't targeting celebrities. Yeah, they or, weren't targeting anyone. They just, just a were going thing. in and they're like, hey, let's bust this stupid right. place down. Like, yeah. obviously people are going to be whipping out their penises I'm I, I, I watching don't. adult movies I've, I've never gone i'm to assuming public <laughs> me neither and it. i'm scared yeah. uh anyways he added that the detectives did not realize that they arrested a celebrity until rubens told them he was like hey i'm Wee herman mm-hmm. so i think when they arrested him he sort of peewee or paul rubens sort of bribed them saying hey i'll do like a children's function for your county or whatever to get out of this type of thing yeah yeah. that didn't work obviously yeah yeah. (laughs) and this arrest was widely covered and rubens and his character both became the subject of ridicule Mm mm-hmm Disney MGM Studios suspended a video that showed Pee Wee explaining how voiceover tracks worked in the studio tour. Hmm. I wish I could have gone to that studio tour. Me before too. That. That'd be cool. Well, they took it out in '91. Yeah. I, I didn't even. The first time I went to MGM, I was maybe like two, three years after, so wouldn't have seen that. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us removed Pee Wee's toys from its stores. And it was commonly thought that Pee-wee's Playhouse was canceled due to this, but in reality, the show was already done by that point. Like, Paul Rubens decided to retire Okay. from that show. Not retire, like, from acting. Because I think at this point, he was doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because I'll put up, I'll show you his... Uh, mugshot because he has that long hair like how oh. he like how he looked in the movie okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer so um yeah the Pee-wee's Playhouse people thought it was canceled but in reality he was retiring from that show but that show was removed from all syndication it was still I was watching it every week at that time yeah, I don't. I I was watching it. Um, I remember the show that replaced it as well. I don't remember the name of it, but it had like the three cowboys. Okay. I don't know if you've watched that at all, but it was, it was in a similar vein as this, as Pee Wee's Playhouse, but obviously not as wacky. But it was a decent show. It just couldn't hold a candle to Pee Wee's Playhouse and all the, the great right. stuff that it did. But it had like little animated segments in between too, and it was like you know singing cowboys, and you know there was like some 
sketches and characters and stuff like it was it was a decent show just you know couldn't compare right so on november 7th 1991 an agreement approved by judge judy goldman not that judge judy okay that's on tv at source at sarasota county uh, Mr. Rubin's lawyer and prosecutors announced that they would forego a trial and return for a plea bargain. So he plead no contest. That's what plea of no contest is kind of like they agreed on a plea yeah. bargain. Yeah. The plea kept the charge off of Rubin's record and obligated him to pay a small fee and spend 75 hours performing community service. And during that time i remember these psas that he did and that was a part of his community service where he had to two, he had to do two anti-drug public service announcements okay and they were self-produced and financed by him one of the psas was him peewee explaining the dangers of crack cocaine i remember that i don't fully but yeah and then a lesser no one was a featured from Penny the claymation in Pee Wee's Playhouse stating, you know, don't do drugs. That one I might remember more. Okay. I don't know. If we can find a copy of those, we'll try to put them up. Oh, yeah, I'll try and find If, if we remember PSA, to yeah. find those. And that is the crime and pop culture for the week. I looked up the top song for that week and it is obviously brian adams everything i do i do it for you okay oh we didn't talk about the theme song that was probably one of the best things about this movie is that it was another good, oh yeah it had a good yeah a good opening these movies had song. good theme songs yeah it sounded nice and detective-y it wasn't as good as the fx2 song but it was still good right and i mean tv wise it was pretty much the same we've covered a lot of it we'll figure out other things to cover as we go along here I right guess. so um but yeah in terms of rankings and ratings where does this fit in your one to five star scale uh i give this a two a two okay i'm oscillating i'm, I'm probably gonna say oh it's a one for me i honestly could have gone half it could have been in like Kiss Before Dying territory, but the, it was. I um, would watch this over Kiss Before Dying. Yeah, that's sort of like my thought process. Yeah. Is like, some of the acting was pretty good. It held my attention, even though it didn't like captivate me. Like it, and it was short enough to be, you know, whatever. Take your medicine and move on. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna say it's a one. It had a lot of potential. It just didn't fulfill it. Uh, so every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch this again? Mm. For a third time? I'm, this, not on my own, and not, I don't know, maybe if someone chose it for, like, a viewing, I would be like, sure. Just watch that boat I would guy watch, say yeah. I would watch the boat again. scene, and then the daughter saying are you fucking my dad <laughs> just back to back right um i'll just watch clips yeah, of it on youtube super, super I, don't of those things. Right. Yeah, I don't think i would watch this again but if they were to try to revive this 
like the series yeah yeah, with someone else yeah i think that would be interesting and i'd I'd give that a shot right uh but if you want to watch vi warshawski as of this recording in may 2021 it's available only on digital rental vhs or dvd as always check your local listings uh you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms please remember to rate review subscribe and tell your friends you can email us at 1991moviewrewind at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd. Just search 1991moviewrewind or go to 1991moviewrewind.com for the full list of movies. No adult movies on that list, along with show notes and more. Next week, we're going to cover our first foreign film. We're going to France for all the mornings of the world. That's going to be on Voodoo, Digital Rental, VHS, and DVD. We'll see you then. Thanks.